Okay, first things first. No, I didn't get a deer. I have three to my name, one with a gun and two with the car. So I left them there for another year. They're safe. Don't worry. I didn't kill Bambi. You know, I had a friend who was ministering in the inner city down in Miami, and he told me about a man that he met on the street, a man who sold newspapers. His name was Archie. Archie was kind of grubby looking, and he was there every day at a bum leg, so he kind of limped. But he said what was remarkable about Archie is that every day when he would greet Archie, Archie, how are you doing? He would say back to him, Max, I'm fine. I have everything I need. He said it struck him in such a way to look at this man with kind of tattered clothes who didn't have a lot. In fact, Archie, by the papers that he sold each day, was able to rent a room by the day, a place where he could stay. He didn't have any wealth or luxury. And yet his response every day with a big smile was, I have everything I need. He said one day when he came to see Archie, Archie was especially excited. And he said, after I'm done selling papers, you have got to go with me to my place. I've got something I need to show you. So Max waited around a little bit, and when Archie was done, he took him down the dark alley to the room that he rented by the day. The door opened, and you could see a tattered sofa with stuffing coming out, a hot plate on which Archie could cook some food, an old black and white TV with a coat hanger in it for an antenna, and an old beat-up recliner. Max said he looked at the room and then noticed somebody in the recliner. It was a homeless person that they knew on the street named of Jose. Max looked at Archie and said, Archie, what's Jose doing here? He says, that's why I'm so excited, Max. He said, I've told you every day I have everything I need. And he said, Jose needed a place to sleep last night. Shouldn't I share if I have everything I need? What an incredible statement that is. You know, there's going to be no press on what Archie did, no plaques erected to him in that city. There's not going to be a building named after him for his generosity to Jose. It was a simple, insignificant act. No one is ever going to know. No one is ever really going to care. But it was done out of love, out of overflowing, because as Archie said, I have everything I need. The scene that we are given in the gospel this morning is the close of the ages. It is the judgment scene when Jesus says the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne and he will separate the people, the sheep and the goats, those on his right and those on his left. There is no more time. This is his kingdom of glory as we talked about several weeks ago. The kingdom of grace has ended. This is now where Jesus is glorious and makes the decision, the final decision, for those who have lived on this earth. First, he comes to those that are called the sheep that he has separated, and he says to them, Come, you blessed of my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. We need to stop and look at some of these words very carefully because when he calls them blessed, By his Father, it is because they are the ones who have been drawn, as he said in John, by the Father to him. No one comes to me unless the Father draw him. 
They were drawn into that relationship to hear the word of God, to hear the sweet gospel of Jesus, to come into his presence. They were blessed by being born through baptism, blessed through their lives of living in that grace, died in that grace, and were resurrected in that grace. Truly, they are blessed by his Father. And they are coming into a kingdom, a kingdom that Jesus has promised us throughout the scripture, a kingdom prepared before the foundation of the world. Truly, it was God's plan from eternity that when he would create, there would be a place for those who he loved to come together. And he set, as we know from the scriptures, the remedy for those who would come, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world that all who would hear the message of truth would eventually come into that kingdom. And then Jesus goes on to talk about these people, talk about what they did on this earth. And he gives a list of the things that he says, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick. And you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. You see, the key to this relationship, the key to the things that were done, were done for Jesus. It is our life in Christ and how we live. The things that are the most insignificant in life, like Archie, are done in the name of the king who sits on the throne out of love for that king and out of all he has done for us. Jesus points that out to these people, that whatever you have done, you have done for me because you have the relationship through the Father. You are mine. You are people who are loved by me and by my Father. And then, then he, they respond, the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And they continue and they are called righteous not because of the deeds that they have done, but because they have been blessed by his Father, because they have been brought into that relationship. You know, Revelation says this of us. It says, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord, for they rest from their labors, and their works follow them. You see, for any to stand before this throne room in heaven and be on the side of the sheep, to be on the right, to be those called righteous and blessed, it is not because their works preceded them. It is because they are there simply by the grace of Jesus Christ, by the gifts that he has given, by the blessing of the Father. Their works follow them. They stand there because of grace. But all that they did on this earth in that grace now brings evidence to that courtroom of the love they had for this king. And then Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for the least of these my brothers and sisters, you did for me. You know, so many times in our lives we want to do things that are significant. We sit back a lot of times and think, oh, I could do this or I could do that. And what would be great to do for the Lord and what we don't realize is that life is lived out in the day-to-day, -day, simple things, insignificant, unseen by others around us. 
It is in those moments in ministering to one another, ministering to the least and the lowliest in the world that we truly are serving the King who has blessed us to be in His presence. He called us to be His people, to be His hands and feet to the world, to be available when the need is there, not necessarily to do something grandiose, but to always be willing, like Archie, to do the simple things in life that help those around us. How great it is that the works that have followed these saints are now laid bare. And you notice what's missing in there? There is no word of their sin. There is no mention of what they have done wrong. There is only what is seen through the eyes of grace that they have done in Jesus Christ in their life. And then we turn to the other group, the goats and those on his left. And what a terrible statement the king makes as he looks at them. For then he says to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. As I said before, Jesus said to those on his right, Come, you blessed of my Father, into the kingdom prepared for you before the foundation of the world. There is another kingdom that was prepared, a place for the devil and his angels. That was God's plan, that the devil and the angels would go into the eternal fire prepared for them for their fall from God's presence. It was never God's plan that human beings would find themselves there. God's plan was that all would see the remedy of his son, the grace that Jesus brought on the cross. They would hear the message and be saved. And yet there are those who have rejected it who do not want to hear, who despise the message of Christ's salvation to the world. And now they will enter what was not prepared for them, but was prepared for the devil's angels and himself, and they will enter into that fire. What a horrible thought that is. What a horrible place to be for eternity, in eternal fire with the devil and his angels. Jesus calls them cursed, And he says to them that the same statement, the same insignificant things that we do in life, hungry and you gave me nothing to eat, thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink, a stranger, you did not invite me in, clothed and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison and you did not look after me. And they make a statement and in protest, so Lord, Lord, when did we see you? And isn't it interesting? They shorten it out. They even make the sentence shorter than the response that the righteous give. Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger, needing clothes or prison, and did not help you? You see, they despise the word while they live. They still despise the word. They shorten it. They have no interest in what Jesus is saying. They simply want to get to the point, when didn't we see you? You see, because, Lord, if we had seen you, we would have served you. That would have been a grand and great thing to serve the Lord. You notice they call him Lord. Makes you think of the verse in Philippians that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The righteous confess him as Lord as their king. These confess him as Lord because now they understand who he is. They were willing to serve someone grand. They were willing to serve the king of eternity. They were willing to do that for something significant. But a king clothed in human flesh, 
a king who lived an insignificant life, a king who brought a message of peace through his followers, his disciples, and his church. No, they weren't willing to serve that. And the king replies to them, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. You notice Jesus doesn't say again, for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine. It's pretty plain with those on his left. That they wouldn't help Jesus is that they wouldn't help his church. They despise the message. How often isn't that true in our world? That the church is looked at as full of weak-minded people. People who can't think. People who follow religions. People who are just caught up in something and aren't valuable to society and they are despised. And so these two, these people despise that message in the brothers and the sisters and that. And Jesus says, in that you didn't hear any of the message, that you rejected all of it as it was brought to you, so you have rejected me. We came to this last Sunday of the church here. We come to the last title in our series, Ready, Willing, and Able. And the question that I want to ask to you this morning You who have been redeemed and blessed by the Father, born in grace, living in grace, who will die in grace and be resurrected in grace, are you able to do something insignificant? We have been equipped by our Lord and our King to care for the least and the lowliest, not to set our sights on the grandiose, but to live out every day wherever we are in the way that we would serve the one who has redeemed us. You know, when Mother Teresa was asked, how could you ever minister to so many people in your life? She said very simply, I never planned on taking care of 10,000 people. I simply set my sights on lifting up one person at a time. This is what we have been given the ability to do. This is part of the beauty that came out of the Reformation in the priesthood of all believers. That wherever we are, we can minister day to day. We don't need to be in a holy order. We don't need to have plaques and buildings named after us. We need to simply do the insignificant things of life where we find them around us. And in that way, serve the one who has redeemed us the one that we love, the one we call our king. There was a woman named Matilda Bittner. When she was young, she lived in Iowa, and she married a pastor. They lived their life for a while in Iowa and then moved to the suburbs in Chicago. They went through the Great Depression. You can imagine on a pastor's salary, how hard it was through the Great Depression when members would come to the door of their house, she would take the food from their table to give to those who didn't have as much as they did. They raised four children, two boys and two girls, and their two boys were given up in the Second World War in service to their country. Later on in life, as she was old and lived simply off of that small pension that her husband had, She would save whatever was available from her life and save the pennies up in a jar 
and take them to a bank and turn them into a dollar. And she would send that dollar to different missions, to different places, to missionaries overseas, to her family and to her grandchildren. She would write a note with each dollar that she sent. I have been so blessed in my life. I wanted to bless you also. Matilda is buried somewhere in Chicago in Forest Park Cemetery. There is no monument to her name. There were no headlines when she died, no huge procession. She lived out her life as a simple Christian following Jesus. How do I know of Matilda Bittner? Because I was one of the grandchildren that received a dollar. I still have the card that she sent with her arthritic hand as she wrote to me, I have been so blessed in my life. I simply wanted to bless you. We can do things in our lives. We have been given that ability through Jesus Christ, our Savior. We are blessed by the Father to have been drawn to Him, to have been born in Him, to live in Him, to die in Him, and to rise again. May we always see that the things that we do are out of love for Him, to give Him praise for all He has done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.